Good morning, church. Thank you for joining us online once again as we continue our series on emotions. And I've been hoping it's been an encouraging how to deal with our emotions, how to handle these things, dealing within even this 2020 COVID uh, craziness. As one person said to me, it's the Corona coaster. You just, you're up and down on things. And hopefully as we do these discussions, these sermons, you'll help establish more of a, a smoother sailing through 2020. And so today we want to look at this emotion called fear. Fear is one of these that I believe everybody has. It affects each one of us, maybe a little different. If it's a moment of fear or caught in fear, we, we're there. Some, for a lot of people, it's a fear of, will I ever be married? Will I find that right partner? And then there's those that have fear of, will I ever be able to have children? These are real fears that affect us. Fear of, will my children continue to walk in their faith as they get older? Will I be able to keep my job? Will I be able to handle the pressures of the workplace or being a parent? These fears that just continue, fears that paralyze us because of we have a fear of failure, and I might touch a bit more on that later. Fear of rejection. As you're going into school, is there a sense, oh, will, will I be accepted? Going into a new workplace. Fear of that rejection. Fear is a very real emotion that affects us. I've read some articles, different statements on what people think about fear. One person said, I don't want fear, although it's human to have fear. Uh, interesting. If you don't have fear, you wouldn't be alive. I do believe you can have a tolerance to fear but well, you can't stop it. One person said, fear is an emotion that all of us have. It can be suppressed, though, like other emotions. But when fear kicks in, adrenaline kicks in, intelligence goes out. <laughs> Everybody, we don't like fear. We have a bunch of people saying, I'm going to overcome fear by fighting my fears. But may I tell you today, fear is very real. God give us this ability to have fear. What it is, though, is fear is that a moment where our emotions establish a place of uh, where our heart rate goes up, where our muscles tense, and where we actually get more alert. God's given us that fear that when there's a danger, we can anticipate the danger and we can handle it. Either it's the fight or the flight. God has given us that. The challenge with the motion fear is when we anticipate what could happen. And we go there all the time. You and I, we could sit back, we could sit on the couch, we could be lying in bed, and we anticipate when I go to school, this is what's going to happen. When I go to the workplace, this is what's going to happen. When I step into this relationship, this is what's going to happen. And we go with fear, and we look at, we start thinking through how it will take place. You and I have no idea. 
and we get ourselves trapped in this place of this emotion of fear that is affecting our body. It's affecting our mind, emotions, our body, our muscles, our heart rate. And what do we do when we get into those places? And my hope and prayer today is we would be able to move when faith and fear collide, we'd be able to come through the victory side of and having hope. That is my desire today as we come to your text. Because um, somebody put this it this way. Uh, Many suffer fear more often in the mind than in reality. Let me repeat that. Many suffer fear more often in the mind than in reality. And so we want to be able to come to it and articulate well in our mind how to find victory when fear overrides faith. Because it is a real factor. Fear does override our faith. How do we have the victory? Let's go to the passage. And you you realize fear is a real thing when the Bible talks about fear not like over 80 times. Fear not. It could be because this is where the enemy attacks more than any other area. Because if you can have fear, it robs us of hope and of the victories. If we get caught in this emotional battle of fear, we lose hope and we lose the victories. And we want to experience hope and victory. We, that's what God wants you to experience that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And we want to get to that today, so we need to move on and look at how we can do that. In the book of Numbers, in the Old Testament, uh, we're going to look at a group of people and how they handled this emotion of fear and what we can learn from it. Numbers chapter 13 uh, is what we're going to look at. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we come to your word, would you speak to us? Would you help us understand this emotion of fear and how we can experience victory and hope? We ask in Jesus' name, amen. So the backdrop of this passage, it's God's chosen people. It's the Israelites. God had promised them this land flowing with milk and honey. Everything they needed was there for them. And all they had to do was step in, in one sense. (laughs) And uh, we're going to learn how this, they walk through and how we can walk through when fear and faith collide. Okay, chapter 13 Here's the backdrop. The Lord said to Moses, God said, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. I'm giving it to the Israelites. That's the promise. So now what Moses does is he takes one leader from every tribe in Israel, 12 tribes, And he takes one leader for each one and says, I want you to go out and check out this land that God has given us. That's the passage. That's the text we're looking at. And now they came back. These 12 come back. In verse 26, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole of Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. 
And there they reported to them, to the whole assembly. They showed them the fruit of the land. Look at what God has given us. Whoa. And so they gave Moses this account. We went into the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. But, but, the people who live there, they're powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak. Okay, they're talking about giants, okay? There's giants in the promised land. Verse 30 now, though. So that was, so there's 12 of these, these leaders coming back. And now there's 10 of them that are promoting this bad report. And Caleb and Joshua will pull in this story. Now it's, they're two of the spies that came back, two of these leaders. And Caleb silenced the people before Moses, said, wait, stop. We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people saw they are great size. We all agree, they're huge. We saw them all. It says uh, in verse 33, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. You see what happened? God's promise and their fear collided. And all they saw was hopeless. We were dead men. Their picture in their mind was death by giants. We saw the promise, but we can't have the promise. That was their conclusion. There's the promise, but we can't have it. There's no way. We cannot reach the promise that God gave us. It paralyzed us. And what did Pastor Jerry say last week? What we focus on is what controls us. When faith and fear collide, where do you put your mind to? These ten leaders put their mind to fear. It said it's not obtainable. God's promising something we can't obtain. That's where they put their mind. To anticipate the future without God's promise. That's where they went. See how the hope got diminished? How fear overtook? There's no victory. They were powerless. We are going to live outside of God's promise because we can't reach it. But let's just summarize here. What did God say? So if we move back, Abraham received a promise from God. That promise was passed down to Isaac in Genesis 26. I can even read it to you. To you and your descendants, I will give these lands, and I will fulfill the oath which I swore to Abraham, your father. It was even passed down to Jacob. 
in Genesis 28. I am the Lord your God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, and the land on which I lie, which you lie, I will give to you and to your descendants, and to your descendants shall be like the dust of the earth. And he even goes, and by you, your descendants, shall all families of the earth be blessed. That was the promise of Jesus Christ coming that came through the Israelites. God's promise. That was what God gave them. Here's the faith. I am giving you this land. What do we observe from the ten spies? These ten leaders. They saw the promise of God fulfilled in that the land was perfect. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. But the promise is not obtainable. That's what they saw. The promise is not obtainable. Third observation that I see from this passage, which I find very disheartening in one sense, of the power of influence of fear. If you actually realize how much fear can influence other people. So there's ten spies, ten leaders of the Israelite tribes. They impacted all of Israel with a bad report. They all fed through their leading, their groups of all Israel that it's impossible. We cannot obtain God's promise. Chapter 14 lays out that picture. That night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept out loud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had just died in Egypt. See where fear takes us? It comes to a place of hopelessness. Or just even die in the wilderness. Why did the Lord bring us to a land only to let us fall by the sword? See, when faith and fear collide and we fall into fear, we look at, God, where are you? God's left me. God is powerless. We can't obtain the promise that he promised. We can't. We're powerless. And we can actually impact other people saying God's not capable. This time of COVID, we can actually create more fear into the, the body of Christ even as a follower of Christ by falling into fear that God has left us. Oh no, the enemy is winning the end of the world is here. We're taking our eyes off the promises of God when we just go into this place of hopeless fear. There's no hope. There's no victories. And they, they just, it impacted so many people. In verse 5, Moses and Aaron fell face down in, in front of the whole Israelite assembly. Joshua and Caleb, who were among those who had explored the land, they tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelites, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. 
If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey. He will give it to us. Verse 9, only, and this is why he says, if you're willing, only do not rebel against the Lord. You rebel against the Lord, we don't got this. Don't rebel against the Lord. Do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection, catch this, their protection is gone. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. That is the message of the gospel of Jesus. The victory is ours. The enemy is powerless. We don't have to stay in that sin. We don't have to stay in the bondage anymore. If God is for us, who is against us? Sorry, I'm getting excited here. Uh, but where do we go? Do we stay and we spread a bad report of the gospel, of what God promises? Or do we actually say, the victory is ours in Christ Jesus? When fear and faith collide, will we step over to the promises of God? Will we go there? Because the emotion of fear can easily override truth. It is so simple. It's just amazing where our body goes and our mind goes as we anticipate and we look at the giants and say, death by giants, no way, can't achieve the promise. Israel was very quick to forget that God brought them through many, many impossible situations. And we do the same. We forget how God has delivered us. And may this just be a reminder, God keeps his promises. We don't have to walk away from God and his promises. We do not have to walk away from those promises. Let me tell you a story just to give a, a picture of this. Linda has been walking alongside some of her relatives. Uh, they're, they're senior, and uh, they have an a, a adult child that is, has some mental illness. And he got kicked out of his home, group home, where he was, and he's living on the streets. And fear of, and as a parent, we go there, a fear of what is happening with my, my child. What's going on? Is he okay? You know, where is he? Is he sleeping on the streets? Is he getting beaten up? You know, does he have food? Does he have shelter? We, you have no idea, and fear takes us down there. And so Linda was trying to help them find him and in sharing with this relative, some, just trying to build hope and seeing what we could do. And he started reminiscing about God's faithfulness, how God has been with him, how God had answered and God had spoken to him in those tough valley journeys that were difficult. And then he, he said to Linda, I love this phrase, he said to Linda, can I tell you something? Linda's like, yeah. I have never caught Jesus in a lie. 
Isn't that a powerful statement? I have never caught Jesus in a lie. If we really come down to it, God is so faithful. And so how do we cope with these things? Israel pulled over and caught God in fear, and it paralyzed them. It made them run instead of fight. It made them say, I have to live without the promise. And I want to encourage you today, you can live with the promise that God provides. So, some application. I'll give you some handles to hold on to when we think about when fear hits us and we battle it. One of them, listen to truth. Listen to truth. Hold on to the promise. Don't listen to the lies of the emotions. But actually, what does God say? What did God promise you? Listen to those promises. There's a passage, uh, 1 John 4, 18. It says, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. A child asked his mother, how does love fight fear? And the mother sort of battled that for a moment, saying, yeah, that is quite complicated. How does love fight fear? And it was like God sort of opened her heart and mind, saying, oh, it's much simpler than we thought. The closer we move to God's perfect love, the more we rest in his arms, fear defeats Fear runs. When we're able to rest in the arms of Jesus, his perfect love, and embrace in in that truth, fear fades. Hope builds. That's where we need to come to. And I can say as a, a person outside of Christ, and some of you know my story, Going to school, I was, I had fear of failure, fear of rejection, because I got it. I was a failure in the eyes. Where kids could write their name, I was writing it backwards. So I was a failure right there off the bat, starting school. Fear of rejection, because I did, I couldn't obtain to it. So I, I, eventually I quit school, and I went into the workforce in automotive. And long as I was just the kid, it's, you know, I was there just to clean shop. But as there was no, no expectation, I just flourished. But soon as there was expectation, fear of failure came because that was my experience. When I tried, I failed. But when I just had no expectation, I flourished, even to the point of management. They say, hey, let's get the kid do management. You know, what could he do? I was free. And when I gave my life to Jesus, and that expectation faded to say, I am embraced by love. That was the most freeing experience that I can tell you about. That perfect love cast out fear. It is very real. And yes, do I fall back into fear of failure? Absolutely. But I don't stay there anymore. I don't stay there. 
I can move forward now because I, I hold on to what God says. I hold on to truth. When my mind wants to go into another direction, I need to come back and hold on to truth. Very important. Uh, Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. The key is putting my full reliance on Jesus. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. It is not saying life will be easy. It's not saying that. But when I put my trust in Jesus, in, what, in my health, in my finances, in my relationships, in all those areas, the peace of God comes and the fear leaves. I still have those moments of fear, but I can pull back and hold on to faith because I'm listening to truth. Then the second application I see here that helps fight fear and give us hope is actually speak truth to others. Don't join the crowd of fear. Actually speak truth to others and join the crowds of holding to truth. So when you're in a situation where the whole group is starting to go to the woe is me, uh, yeah, God promises, but we can't obtain it, those sort of areas, and it's starting to base itself on fear and hope is fading away, speak truth in. Speak truth in. God's called you to speak truth into situations. Don't be following the fear factors. You know, at a campground, you know, you're sitting around the fire and they start telling, telling scary stories and all of a sudden we're all just all nervous about going back to your tents and cabins. That's the negative impact of fear. We don't want to do that. We want you to speak into truth. Speak truth into the situations, okay? That will build your faith and it will push aside the fear. Caleb and Joshua were these people. They spoke truth into the situation. Stop! We're not going there, okay? Speak truth into it. Allow people to actually hear the promise of God that he is with us, that he would never leave us or forsake us. And then the third one is trust in his strength. These Israelites, those ten leaders that went and checked out the land, they were looking at it from their own standpoint. We can't do that. There's no way. It's death by giants. We're not strong enough. We're not tall enough. We're not big enough. We're not a, enough people. The whole picture, it went downhill. And we need to look at, our, at the strength of God. We need to look at how big our God is. Look at how big God is. Not on how big the mountain is. How big is God? And so often we put our eyes straight on how big the mountain is and we get overwhelmed. It's too big. I know, God, what you promised, but it's way too big. You can't fulfill this one. Come back to God's word and recognize how strong God is. 
my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there is nothing my God cannot do. Oh, chant that one. Uh, God is so amazing. In Joshua chapter 1, when God, after this whole scenario, this stuff that's going on, they come to this place, Moses dies. And now God says, okay, Joshua, it's time. We're going to take the promised land. And he says this in verse 6 of Joshua chapter 1. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all that the law of Moses, the servant, commanded you. Do not turn from to the right or to the, to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Our hope is in Jesus. To recognize our strength comes from Jesus. When fear hits us, come back to truth. Hold on to truth. There's a passage that uh, I want to close off with. When we think of one very important thing, I've never caught Jesus in a lie. He is faithful. He is strong. He's not just loving and kind and merciful and just. He is strong. That whatever he promises, he fulfills. That in our sickness and in our health, in our poverty and in our riches, riches wherever we find ourselves, God is faithful. He is with you. Don't let fear creep in. Hold on to the truth. And these is Jesus' words. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He has the power to fulfill his promises. Will we join him is the question. We can hold on to those promises he is faithful to provide. May I encourage you in that as we close off. Father God, we come to you and we recognize, we acknowledge fear so often overtakes us. It does bodily damage. It does emotionally, mentally damages us when we stay in that place of fear. And Lord, we just want to renounce that fear and we want to acknowledge you are the mighty God, that you reign supreme, that you are the God that's in control, yet you are faithful and true to your promises and we trust you. We want to lean into your everlasting love knowing that you are a powerful and true God that cares for us. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, his power that is at work within us. Amen and amen.